Blog Talk Radio. Yes. 
in the district, time, and I'm exactly, and and I'm starting to enjoy myself. But you know, you start talking about the sports world. Skins are zero and five. Fired a coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Braves just lost and got <laughs> smashed at home. Oh my god! I know, right? Twelve to one. What the hell is up with that? That's a uh, game five. Game five at the all. crib. Winner takes all, uh. and, and then that mess happens. So you you, you yeah. have that foolishness, man. And then as much as I want to get excited about the NBA season, you know, the Wizards yep. are still the Wizards. So I still got that. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> and then, oh, you know, man. he doesn't play this weekend. They want to buy. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I got the, 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 the interesting right. birthday gift of, of having – the Redskins and the Dolphins play in one of the softest pillow fights I've ever seen in the NFL. Two <laughs> Owen whatever teams going against one another. But hey, how it's homecoming the this weekend? Are... And right. you know I'll be there for right. that. And you know it's going to be interesting because um, Don Maker's younger brother I forget how to pronounce his first name, but he is looking at Howard as a potential destination um, oh, wow. to play his collegiate ball. So he's going to be on campus. Hopefully I'll get an opportunity to speak with him. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. outside of that, man, Katie broke into me, I guess, right? Almost, there you go. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, damn it. It was going – it was – well, it was, well, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll, I'll say it for you. Um my sister-in-law and her husband are both big Braves fans, mm. and they're not happy. Right? I haven't called them yet, so I don't know if they're sackcloth and ashes right now. But they, 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 they're not feeling good. Oh yeah, this is what I was gonna say. With regard to the to the to the Redskins and Dolphins game, you know that the yeah. tickets are less, are going far less than it is to go to the to the zoo in Miami. That's I don't know if that's funny or just pitiful or both. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say both. And then you, you have to forgive me because I don't know how much it costs to go to any zoo. I'm blessed to live in a city where the National Zoo here is free. So I feel right. bad whenever I have to move Except anyplace parking. else, man, and, and got to go to uh-huh. a museum or whatever, and I got to come out of my pocket. I'm like, come out of my pocket? What's wrong with y'all come out of my they pocket? It's a museum. It's for the people. For them free, <laughs> you know. For the people, give it up for the people. Um, exactly. Yeah, but it, but it, the, the zoo, we had to park on the street right quick, and then we will get to the football. But we had to park on the on the street because we were about mm-hmm. to pay sixteen dollars to park. Hell oh no. God, no! So, That's the one thing they hit you in the head with. That is the one thing they'll get you with. They'll Parking. get you that way. Oh that, my God! Yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, it's all good. But yeah, man, let's let's get the bad out the way, man. Your beloved skins fired Jay Gruden. I don't know yeah. if some of y'all want to do a, a, a praise dance or or come back to the super reality that Bruce Allen is still employed by the team and Danny Boy Snyder still owns the team. So, <laughs> first of all, is it should should to your fellow skins nation should they look at this as a glass half full or a WTF shrug your shoulders type moment? Well, if they're looking at it like I am, it is legit a WTF shrug your shoulders moment. Because yeah. to me, 
uh, 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 what's the word, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Um, well, basically, SNL? are nah. not SNL, but <laughs> well, 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 kind of sort of. It's 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 basically legit. You know, operations <laughs> are, are same as normal. Every the, the, right. the, the, in my opinion, and I've said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, the culture still technically hasn't changed. Um, because right. the front office hasn't done any 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 um changing. Now, yeah, Correct. sure. Um, Ke- uh, Callahan came in today and had his first practice, and they turned off the music during practice. They they done drills that they normally don't do. They brought in a right. referee to thank God help these dudes understand what is and what isn't holding and other penalties. So they can cut down <laughs> on some of the penalties, but the 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 the, the, the culture on this team, the the owner and the president of team operations has not changed. Now I mm. get it; the owner won't change. Right, and he can't fire essence, himself. You you can't fire himself, and contrary to the dreams of some of the fan base. The league is not going to create some rule where if it's deemed that a team is playing so poorly that a team's mm-hmm. ownership can be placed under review. What does it look like for an owner to come up with a rule that says, I'm going to fire myself? That makes no sense whatsoever. Right. But you That's know, not going to happen, right. Right. That's what happens when you have a beleaguered fan base. They come up with these delusional dreams of of of, of, of <laughs> ignorance and, and, and bliss and, and want to have things happen that just won't. But I digress. So to your original point right. of me just shrugging my shoulders and saying WTF, eh, I don't know if you've got an opportunity you go. to watch uh, Bruce Allen's interview this this past Monday. Should I cringe for you, or 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 is it pretty much is what it is? Uh, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both because once again, um, well, let's start with this. It, it, it's funny that both the owner and the team president rarely make appearances and rarely do interviews, unless it's sure. a necessity, right? And of course. This right. is one of those necessities. Um, and it seems as though that every time Bruce Allen gets in front of a mic, in front of a lot of people, yep. he comes mm-hmm. up with quotables. My favorite quotable during the last coaching fire, which was actually in December of uh, 2013, right before they hired Jay Gruden, was that the team – may be losing on the field, but they're winning off the field. Are you serious? Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, they're winning off the field. Um, it sounds positive. I get it. But that's nothing you want to say to a fan base that has seen nothing but losing for almost 20 years. And then to come mm-hmm. out again – on Monday, and when 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 asked, states that the culture uh, within the Redskins organization is damn good. Mm-hmm. Word, is, is that what yeah. you believe? 
Okay. Oh, I, tell, and, and I, that, I, guess, I guess tell the fans who are not showing up at games and have been for the past several years, you know, just tell tell them that. That's just exactly. amazing to me how people do not have any type of self-awareness whatsoever. That's just, that's, that's just astonishing. It's that's very astonishing. astonishing. And, and, and then, you know, to, to cap it off by saying that the team has the, the, the right pieces, they just need to be put together. The, the team that has gone one and eleven <laughs> since wow. losing Alex Smith, that team. Now I will say this: this is one of the most injured teams I've seen in NFL in a very long time. I've said it last year on this show. If you look at the amount of guys that have been injured within this organization mm-hmm. over the past three, four seasons, it makes up an entire roster. I understand guys get hurt in teams and and you lose players. Mm -hmm. But when you lose almost 60 guys over a span of of, of four years, it's crazy. And then when you look at the guys that are lost, the guys who are out this season, um, Alex Smith, who who would have been your starting quarterback, Josh Reed, who would have been your starting tight end, God, what is your boy's name? The uh, it's bad that I forget what his name is. That quick, the uh, the running back for the Redskins. Um, the, the, uh, the, the drafted yeah, I know you're talking about. I can't, I, I can't. Juice is it Juice? Guys, Darius Guys. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, hurt for the second time in the major. And, and this is funny, right? So he came out during mm-hmm. training camp and yelled at a reporter and yelled at a camera and and said, if anyone has a problem with me and believes that I am injury prone, come say it to my face because I am not that. Only to do what? Get injured. (laughs) Uh, If you didn't hear that, he was talking about a statement. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Without guys. You're without uh, Jordan Reed. You're without Alex Smith. You're without Trent Williams, not due to injury, mind you, but because Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to return to this organization, and the organization is too stubborn to trade him while his trade value continues to decrease. And and it's only going to get worse, and I'll wait until that happens before I even discuss it, because I don't want to discuss it now. We're supposed to be focusing on Jay Gruden right now, but but yeah, with mm-hmm. all the stuff that's going on, all I gotta do is just you know shrug my head and say WTF. Because yes, I understand, and and Gruden understood it in the beginning of the season. If I don't do well, I'm not gonna be here at the end of the season. He, he jokingly said that back in July, but he he, he knew. Yeah, he and, knew. and for good reason. Thirty-five, forty-nine, and one head coaching record. Yeah, that's not gonna yeah. get it done. That's. It's not going to get it done, but you know what? If you actually look at it, you had that 4-12 and season his first year because he had a whole lot of mess right. he had to clean up, right? That second year, right. they go 9-7, and, and they win the division. That following year, they go 8-7-1. and one. Now, mind you, all of this stuff is going on. I missed injuries and the whole Kirk Cousins debacle. So you still had that Kirk right. Cousins Glaze going on here, right? And, and what right. to do with him? 
The following season, they deal with some more injuries, and they go seven and nine. Kirk is out the door. I'm sorry, no. It's it's yeah, nine and seven. Uh huh. Yeah, so they go seven and nine. Kirk go out the door. They bring in Alex Smith. Alex Smith comes in. They go six and three. You lose Alex Smith. You go one and six, and the team ends up seven and nine again. And then you start the year out zero and five. So. Yeah. Yes, the record is bad, but you go back, like I said before, you look at the injuries and who's been injured, who's not been there, who's been needed, guys that they've lost, guys that they expected to be there. Remember Ruben Foster, the linebacker mm-hmm. from Alabama that used to play with the Niners? Yeah. yeah. Another guy who's supposed to have been, hopefully, on the roster amongst his transgressions in, the, in his situation that he had to deal with once he left San Francisco, that they were hoping to get and play for the team. But he tore his ACL first day of practice during training camp. So that's another Jeez. guy of yeah. talent that they thought they were going to give back. Brandon Sheriff is gone. You talk about – so they, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries. And unfortunately, some salary situations that have pigeonholed him from bringing in quality backups and getting that depth that would help them win games. Because there was a situation, man, they were bringing linemen off the street to come in and play last season, and, and that's why they went on that one and six streak. So, yeah, if you look at that record, you're like, yeah, he needed to go. But if you investigate that record, you're like, mm, it wasn't all him. And you're right. As it which, pertains which, to – oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think no, 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 I was going to say, we're both thinking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if, if you think about some of the moves that the front office has made, especially as it pertains to draft picks, oh, my God. Even with the Dwayne Haskins thing, there's the reports that Gruden didn't want Haskins with the front office did, and no one thinks that Haskins is going to be ready this season, blah, blah, blah. And, and once again, <laughs> Uh, minds who should be thinking about making draft picks aren't making the picks, and 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 you have situations like this. So I I I, I understand why Gruden is, was is probably chilling right now because he's like, eh, it it it, it wasn't my mess. All I could do was just go out there Sundays and coach them up, and, and hope they win. Right. You know, but they they don't, and it is what it is. So, well, you know what, man, it goes back to the whole. I want to rant about this. It's easy to to pile on 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 Gruden. It is easy. It's really it easy is. because again, it is. He's a fall guy. You see him wide open losing games. Aside from all the nuances that uh, that you mentioned, you know, that you mentioned, you know, the injuries, the poor personnel decisions. I mean, that's all the poor personnel decisions that is all on Bruce Allen. And again, the fact that he's still employed by your beloved team. It's just, it's just, it's sad. I mean, what the, the Washington was one of the most proud franchises, really successful in the '80s, drop off just a little bit in the '90s, and then when Dan, Danny Boy Snyder took over, it went to hell from there. It, it's just, it's, it's something else. Um, so I, I, I'll, I'll close the segment on this before we, before we move on. Mm-hmm. Do they have that coaches out there that are rumored to have interest? Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. 
Eric Bieniemy, Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. and Joshua Daniels, we are not to name a few. Now, mind you, this is the same front, this is the same ownership that even sullied, almost threatened to sully the best coach in franchise history in Joe Gibbs when Joe Gibbs had that return in the late mm-hmm. in the mid to late nineties. Um, so, can any coach succeed uh, under under Snyder, or it just is what it is? You know what? Um, unless this thought process changes, I'm going to say um, no. I don't think so. I don't think any coach can come in here and do so because you yeah. have you've had situations where you haven't necessarily had GM, right? The one time mm-hmm. they had a GM, he didn't necessarily hire the coach, so they were at odds. And then you had a situation right. where the team president was at odds with the GM, so they fired the GM. And then the president, yes, he hires the coach, but they're at odds at players that they should draft too. If you cannot have any cohesion going on between your coach Mm -hmm. and front office, you will never have success within your organization. It just won't happen. It won't. And, I mean, it's been a situation that's been all going since Benny Serrato, a lot of people like to forget White Shirt Benny, and, and, and oh, my God, people thought oh. White Shirt Benny was, was, was the devil, too, when he was here. You see, the thing is this, right? right. I, I like to refer to, to, to Benny Serrato as Daniel Snyder's George Bush, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of what your politics is, I mean, if you're liberal, you, you, I guess you kind of understand where I'm about to go with this, right? You know, there's nothing to say right. anything bad about George Bush. But there were a lot of people who saw Benny Serrato as being a horrible team president and GM, right? And wanted him out right, of there. Right, remember that. You get him out of there, you know, a couple of years later, who did they bring in? Bruce Allen. And Bruce Allen is legit the Redskins Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what the sad part is? He's the son of uh, the greatest, probably one of the greatest coaches in franchise history. And George Allen. So it's pretty much Joe Gibbs and and George Allen at the top of the two of the pyramid. The only two in the Mount Rushmore of Washington history, coaching. Coaching, yeah. He he was solely his dad's name. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, number number three would be uh, Vince Lombardi, but we all know Vince got his name when he was in Green Bay. He only spent the short stint in D.C. So I, I don't necessarily like to claim him, but there are some people that do. But yet, like Donald Trump, he got his name off his daddy. He got his, his fame off his daddy. And now he's in control and is basically running his organization into the ground along with the ownership. But, um, yeah, un- un- unless you can go ahead and get a situation where you have a head coach and, 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 and GM that are in lockstep with one another, they'll never have success here. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you bring in. Um now, some of the names that you, you, you've mentioned, I, I, I talked about Mike Tomlin when we talked about Pittsburgh having issues potentially coming here. Um, we're going to talk about them kinda, in a minute, yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of laughed at me. Ha, 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 look at me now. But <laughs> um, I just find it <laughs> did funny. I, did I laugh again? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if I can get it out again. That was so sporadic. And, I'm and about so, to say it's a one-time thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
the names that, that are tossed out there, Mike Tomlin, Jason Garrett's name I've seen in an article. I've seen um, Mike Zimmer's name tossed out there. I've, I've you know, mm-hmm. the enemy. So I've, I've seen some interesting names, but those 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 coaches that have in a, a Todd Bowles name is another name that's out there right now too because of course his relationship with the organization. But Todd told the organization no when um actually no he told them no when they were trying to bring him in as a D coordinator. So I don't know if it was because of the fact that he knew that uh, that Jay might be a a, a, a lame duck or he mm-hmm. just doesn't want to be here. So we'll find out how how real the top bowl's interest might be. But, yeah, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. They, they have to get a legit GM in here in order to make this thing work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to Pittsburgh. Since we're both fans here and we're both teams and well, you obviously are watching me at Pittsburgh, we, we're we one and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're off the winner stuff. We're one and four. We lost to, as you as everyone knows, the Baltimore in overtime, where we kind of yeah. shot ourselves in the foot with bad penalties that led to scoring drives. Um, but that one big hit that uh, uh, um, I forget the safety's name. He played in Seattle. Uh, Earl Thomas laid on Earl Thomas, yeah, on uh, Mason Rudolph. That was a. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think he was being malicious. I don't think he was head hunting. Um, it's just the way his, 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 you know, sometimes the quarterback can can bend a little, or you know, this 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 tra- like tra- launch trajectories change. The fact of the mm-hmm. matter is, it was an unfortunate accident, and yeah. um, you know, Earl Thomas was he sounded like I don't know if you call this interview in the locker room. He sounded shaken, you know, that he laid a dude out and the dude was unconscious for several for was felt like several minutes. And mm-hmm. before coming to, that's how bad a concussion it was. He just got knocked the hell out. Um, but now Pittsburgh's on their third quarterback. Um, you know, uh, what, Delvin Hodges, I don't know what the hell his name is. Delvin Hodges, I oh, guess wow. it is. Um, signed off the, the practice squad. Dude, you, I mentioned this. Uh, I asked you earlier if your team is a glass half full or half empty. I don't know what to make of my squad because I would say, hey, if we suck the rest of the year, at least we got a first round draft pick. Oh, that's right, we gave it away because of Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. um, and we also gave up a third. So we don't have a first, we don't have a third in extra draft. We have mm-hmm. a second rounder, whoop de doo, right? But we don't yeah. have a first and third, and Miami has our pick. So Miami, the way it's going right now, the tank job. Not only would they may they have the first overall pick, they may have a top ten pick as well, depending on how bad we finish. So yeah. basically, we mortgage our future for the, we put our chips, all our chips in, and now mm-hmm. we're looking at a. Even though the division is pretty pretty mediocre at best, um, we're still not looking good. We played the Chargers on the road this Sunday night. My time, I think this is. I told you this before. See, this is it for my. I think this is my time was last year. He mm-hmm. and not only Mike Tomlin, but also the general manager, Kevin Colbert, which is why I mm. think they pull all the chips into the middle of the table. So basically, what what in your mind, as a football expert, if you will, 
does Pittsburgh need to do to, to salvage this season at this point? To quote the great Charles Barkley, there ain't no experts. Uh-oh. The only expert is God. But, um, right. you know, I, I watch enough that can speak intelligently about, you know, uh, the sport. And to answer your question, what can they do? Absolutely nothing. Yep. Absolutely nothing. I mean, you, you got what you got. And the one thing that Pittsburgh is doing that Washington isn't, sorry to have to drag them back into this conversation, but uh-huh. the Steelers are competing, at least. With Mason yeah. Rudolph, they're competing. You know, and, and and my guess is that they'll continue to do so with this new guy that they got coming in here. Because, like yeah. you said. He did okay um, in that game, too. Exactly. So, you know, they'll continue to compete. And they probably know that if Mike isn't there next year, they're probably competing for jobs, too, for those who aren't under yep. contract. Um, even those who are right. under contract, they might get traded off. But, you know, they still have some quality guys there. Um, the, the, the one thing is, you know, whether or not you'll probably have to address the wide receiver spot come um, – next year or not, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, there's just certain things, but as of right now, there's not much you can do other than just to play the season out. You know, there've been, the Steelers have had a couple of games this year where there were close losses. That Seattle game. Seattle, uh, San Fran. San Fran. For the late late fumble, by the way. And then this week here, so if, if, if legit, if the ball bounces a different way, you, you very easily could be uh, four and one right now, other than one and four. So it's right. not like y'all getting blown out like the skins or only putting up seven points. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like a, someone in a, in, a, in a bad relationship that got out, but is still talking about that bad. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> At least y'all competing, man. At least y'all competing. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Baltimore, again, the division lead is 3-2, and, you know, they, you know, the division is not all that great. Eight and eight probably going to end up winning the division. Seven, nine and seven or eight and eight is probably going to win our division, the FC North. Yeah, nine and seven might, um, might win it. Ten and six will most definitely mm-hmm. win it. But, yeah, the, the, the yeah. Browns are, are not turning out to be what everyone thought they would be. But once again, right. what they I want to say, well, for some of the teams, it's still early. It's still early. Ten of can happen. You still have a whole another 11 games to play. You, you got a lot of games to play. But, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland's not what everyone thought they would be. Cincinnati is what Cincinnati is. And the Ravens, I, I, I think you would say the Ravens are who we thought they were to a degree. Right. So you the know, defense is a lot they're, worse they're than not, thought, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not elite, even though they had that huge game against the Dolphins in week one, but who hasn't had a huge game? Probably not the Bills yeah. against the Dolphins. But right. see, once again, yeah, I turn right back to them again. It's bad. But, yeah. You can't quit them. They had that huge game against the Dolphins, and then, you know, they, they competed against the Chiefs. And, you know, they, they beat the Steelers. 
they are who I thought they would be. And in this division, you know, once again, if, if, if somehow dumb luck happens, somebody can, can potentially compete with them in the division, but still, Ravens got to play out of the division too, so uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll there see. you go. There you go. I just I just think, man, you're right, it's early. The division's not that great, but damn it, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, it's not. But I will say this. I will say this. I'm impressed by one thing this week. Let's get the bat out of the way. Um, how about any Indies win over KC? Oh, my God. You know, and one next something? 1913 <laughs> prime time. It kept Patrick held Patrick Mahomes to only one touchdown and only 13 points. That's that's amazing. But you know what, man? I think the Colts did what other teams wish they had is that have a front four and get after the quarterback. Wow. Didn't have they they didn't have to they didn't have to blitz. They no, they, they, they just dropped four. They just they did drop seven, rush four, and and and, and shut down Mahomes. Got him hurt. Actually, he hurt his, he sprained his ankle, mm-hmm. I think. And you know, it's yeah. I mean, he he, he just it's, you know, he first forced him one turnover. But I'm trying to see how many sacks they had. But but still, I mean, he they, they knocked them down several times and whatnot. Well, here's his, 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 his a couple up. things, right? First and foremost, yeah. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, right? Mm-hmm. I've said this on the show once before. Matter of fact. The first time I noticed it, unfortunately, God, I hate going back to this. The first time I noticed this was when they played the Redskins last year in the win against Washington was how fast that uh-huh. defense was, right? And I said right. that a year older means a year better with this defense. Like you said, all they had to do was rush their, rush their first four. Actually, they have a very deep defensive line, and they were able to rush and, and continue to get fresh bodies in there and rotate. Because my man out of Albany State, Grover Stewart, got a slack in that game against All the right. Chiefs on, on Sunday night. The HBCU Pie. One of four sacks, and, yeah. And how, mm-hmm. yeah. And how dare you, uh, 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 Chris Collinsworth, by, say, by saying what you said about Grover uh, Stewart. If I see you, I'm going to chop you in your throat. But I digress. <laughs> you have that juice. And you had that depth, and they did all of this without defensive player of the year, Darius Leonard. Think about that, my friend. That's right. So they were able to slow down that offense. They were able to move the ball with Marlon Mack in that run game and also with ding, 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 Jacoby Brissett, the one guy who everyone says, well, not everyone, but a lot of people thought, hey, why don't the Chiefs just go ahead and bring in Colin Kaepernick? Word? Mm. Okay. And then well, people laugh. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll see what the Colts look like this season. Looks like somebody knew what they were talking there about. And I'm not saying that to disparage Colin Kaepernick. No. What I'm saying is allow the coaching staff to have some sort of belief in what they think might be right in a guy that they think uh, – in a guy that they trust. Brissett knows right. the offense. He's played in that offense. He's comfortable in that offense, and he's doing quite well in that offense. 
So with that huge win, everyone talked about this Chiefs team and how dynamic they were and how on pace they were to breaking records and how it looked like they was potentially going to average 25 mm-hmm. points a game throughout <laughs> the entire season. Matter of fact, they mm-hmm. talked about it on NFL Network like early Sunday. Oh, my God. They're going to run on the streak of 25 points per game. Man, look at that score Sunday. Like, Wait a minute. They got 13 points in the fourth quarter. Who that 25 points mm-hmm. at? So, yeah, yeah. There you go. So get get ready to watch exactly. out for the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs – not the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Colts. I don't think the Colts are elite mm-hmm. yet. But they can be dangerous. Once again, if if, if, if they can go ahead and slow walk you, <laughs> they may be able to get a right. dragon decision out of it. So you, that's not something you want to do with them. You want to want to be able to beat them into submission, and that's kind of hard to do against somebody that's going to lean on you and just beat you slow. Right, beat you slow. I like the I like the phrase beat you slow. Uh, it just gets gets to the, to, to the point of the whole thing. Um, let let me close the NFL on this week that was on this. And I know we're both happy despite our pitiful weeks weekends of sport. Dallas lost. Oh, lost by my 10, face. But it was big. But it was more that if you watched the game. The the the, the smart, it was the the score the final score wasn't indicative of how Green Bay just dominated them. They were once Green Bay was up, once up thirty one to three late mm. in the game, which is beautiful to me. But let me ask you this, man: they 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 they, they dropped their last two games, mm-hmm. like they lost to uh, New Orleans, Sands, Drew Brees, mm-hmm. now they got mollywhopped by uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Green Bay. Uh, it's early. It's early. But do you think the Cowboys now three and two, the tie with Philadelphia with the division lead now? Do you think they're overrated? Oh man, it's kind of unfair to ask me that question because of course my number one answer is going to be yes without any explanation whatsoever. <laughs> of course it would be <laughs> right. But you know, right. it, it just would be man. Right? Um, that's that's like the 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 forty four year old me talking, and that's the ten year old me talking. Yes, they overrated. Yeah. But I'll say this. They do have the pieces, but for whatever reason, they just can't seem to get together. And and, and that's why, you know, I, I when people talked about how great their wins were, like they beat the Giants. Okay, they beat the Giants, right? This is when the Giants mm-hmm. were looking real bad at the beginning of the season. They were 0-3, and they still had Eli Sure, yeah. But even right. still, they gave up, like, well over 300 yards to Eli Manning in the, in the game that, um, you know, yeah, they, they scored 10 points. They gave up a lot of yardage in that game. That game could have gone a different yeah. way. It wasn't like they beat the Giants into submission. You know, they, they beat them. Just like they beat Washington. They didn't beat them into submission. Like they were supposed no. to. Yeah. And they were supposed to. And Dallas Stadium number two. You know what I'm saying? The, the home crowd there is legit <laughs> Dallas again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, not, it, it, it's, it's not like Oh, that just takes me back to something else that that uh, Bruce Allen said about the fans. I don't even want to get back in it. I'm sorry. Think about Dallas. Got me thinking about the skin. You can't quit yeah. the team. You can't quit watching. I, I, I can't. Right? I can't. Oh my God! Why? But yeah. So <laughs> another game that they should have beat them in, which should have dominated them in. They dominated them in time of possession. 
you know, but they only beat them by like 10. So, you know, yeah. and, then, and then it was another game that they, they actually had an impressive win in. But like you said, the Saints, without Drew Brees, a situation that, that, that should have been poised for them to come in because, you know, on paper, it's it's uh, uh, Bridgewater's first start in a couple of years. Right. Against an offense that's clicking. You know what I'm saying? The the, the pass game is yeah. moving. Zeke, but so on a pitch count, still playing relatively good, and the defense looks great. Couldn't get it done. Then they go to Green Bay. Right. They, they, they play Green Bay in Dallas. Lose to Green Bay again. So I don't think that they're elite, but they are who I thought they would be, which is probably the third or fourth best team in the NFC. Because yeah. the team I thought was number one ain't necessarily number one, and that's the Rams. You know, the the, the right. Rams have had another loss, and but the Packers have gotten better. Yeah, and so the Packers the have halted their way up there. The 49ers yeah. are playing a whole lot better. And they kind of proved – I need one more big win out of them, though. But this win over the Browns, you know, not <laughs> – Quality win. The Browns are talented, though. The Browns are talented. The, I know talented they're team. not who we yes. thought they were. But they're not who we thought they would be, you know? So right. it, it, it's still with the Rams. No, not the Rams. But with the Niners, it's like, okay, maybe. And, and, and then the Seahawks. <laughs> the Seahawks are starting to be look impressive again. Oh, my God. Did you see that catch? By, um, yeah, man. <sighs> yeah, I know. So, they, yeah. Had, they, they did a uh, sports science thing on that. It's like, like how impossible that catch was, that great that throw was. That's, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that that's amazing. He just made it look simple. But, yeah, to my, to my point, so you got teams like the Niners, the Seahawks, the Packers, the, the, the Bears, the Bears who stumbled overseas to, to the Raiders. Oh, my God, that's a head scratch to me. You know, Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. Detroit, you know we can't forget about Detroit either. So that's six teams right there that are actually. The NFC is so good. much stronger than the AFC, dude. The, the NFC right is now, much stronger yes. than the AFC. The, the way that I mean, they look right like now, yes. Brothers row. Yes, and then you have teams like Minnesota that is like, eh, you know, when they're good, they're good, but when they're bad, they're they're not. And then uh, 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 Carolina, I can't forget about Carolina. Oh my God. The, 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 the Panthers, they're not, once again, not great. But they can beat you if you, if you, 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 you know how sometimes a, a little kid get a little ornery with you and you stoop your chin down mm-hmm. like, here, I'm going to let you go ahead and get one. You go ahead and stoop down to that to the Carolina Panthers and let them get that one. Christian McCaffrey is going to push Christian McCaffrey is an MVP <laughs> candidate. He is yes, falling he is. out of his mind right now. Falling out of his Good mind. Good for him. Yes, and the one team I haven't said the Saints. So out of all, he got a lot of quality teams in there that the that the Cowboys are going to have to fight through in order for them to make it to the playoffs, let alone make it to the Super Bowl. But everyone was talking about them being a Super Bowl contender when the season started. I was like, whoa, pump your brakes. Let them mm-hmm. let, let them let's see if they make it to the playoffs first before we go ahead and, and crown these examiners. Yes, they made it to the playoffs last year, but you know. Teams get better 
and let's see what happens. And that's exactly what, what has happened. The conference has, has gotten better, and, and it's going to be a, a dogfight for a while. A lot better. Yes. Let's change gears. Let's shift gears in the NFL to college collegiate sports for a minute. Like I said yes. we uh, earlier in, in the lead-in, we missed, we missed last week because of technical difficulties. But uh, mm-hmm. when California Governor Gavin Newsom signed that bill, the, the uh, Fair Pay to Play Act, uh, or is it Play to Pay? I forgot. But 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 at any rate, when he signed it, um, you know, it's causing a ripple effect in the college world as it's collegiate world as we speak. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some some teams, some schools, even in this great state of California, are like they've been bitching about, you know, about about that because that means they have to come out of pocket at least for the likeness. Yeah. It's not even for the full. It's not even for the for for like paying them straight up. It's for you. No, it's not. Like so, like for example, yeah. if you're in a in a store, right? Say like Eclipse in South Carolina, just for the sake of argument. You're in a store mm-hmm. Eclipse in South Carolina. On campus, and they're selling number sixteen jerseys without the name on the back. We all know who who number sixteen is, mm-hmm. and it ain't Jim Plunkett. It's Trevor Lawrence, right? Just mm-hmm. like a few years ago when they were selling number four jerseys on campus, it was mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Yep. So you know, and 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 what what gets me, man? We're a capitalistic society, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we're based off of. The whole premise of capitalism is the capitalizing on your worth, right? Yes. If someone's selling gear of yours, you should be able to capitalize off of it. Yes. Period. If someone sells, if someone has a video game with your likeness and your number and jersey on it, you should profit off of that shit. Uh-huh. Why is it that so many people, otherwise very small people, get so much and get the pennies in the in a bunch when it comes to compensating these kids. I don't understand it. And I've been on the other side of that for years and years and years before you know, common sense prevail and fairness uh, uh, prevailed. It's like, because it's just so wrong. If someone sells something, a likeness of yours, a jersey of yours, I don't care even if you're on a campus that makes you more viable. So be it. Still got to pay the young man or the young lady. If you're a UConn, a UConn, mm-hmm. and they're selling a jersey with my Moore's old number on it while she was a, a collegiate student there, you mm-hmm. should pay her for pay those jerseys sold. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Again, I don't know, know, know why otherwise intelligent people get so much in the history field of it. Because, after all, that is capitalism. That's a tenant in capitalism. You sell my likeness. You sell anything of mine. Give me some of that cheddar. That's 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 it. So I don't know why. Again, I, I it just baffles me why a lot of these people, whether in the media, coaches, especially coaches, get all hissy fit. I mean, what's the name? Mark Few had a hissy fit when mm-hmm. talking about that as well. I mean, I forgot. I forget the exact quote, but just Google him. You see, he he had a big time hissy fit over it. But give me your thoughts on that, man. So why? I mean. People just lose their minds off of paying college, paying college kids off of lightness. It's because of an antiquated thought process as it pertains mm-hmm. to student athletes. Or, as my man Kevin Blackstone likes to refer to them as, employees of the state. 
especially if you go to yeah. a public school. It's right. just funny to me how everyone, well, not everyone, but there, there's still some people in this country that like to perceive student athletes in what is now 2019 to mm-hmm. be treated the exact same way that student athletes are treated, say, back in, or I should say they look at college sports as a whole the same way, would do this lens as if it's 1984. It is not college sports. So much money is involved in college sports, man. It is a billion-dollar industry. Universities are making a lot of money off these kids. Albeit through well, not albeit, but through, through television deals, through television apparel sales. <laughs> oh my God, the television numbers are whopping. Yeah. All these <laughs> television whopping. networks and shit. ACC yes. network now. The ACC's gonna get a lot of money oh. from that. The SEC network, I'm, I'm, Big Ten. Not so much. Like this. Don't 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 remind me about the ACC network because unfortunately I can't get it here. Because of right. the Comcast, cable provider that I have. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I can't get it. And, you know, it's, I want, I, I want, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that affects the basketball season. Because remember, yeah. ESPN would show a lot of the big time ACC matchups on their network. Now that the ACC right. has that network. Does those games go away, or do they continue to highlight those, have those games as highlights? But I digress. That's a whole other conversation. But, yes, with mm-hmm. the amount of money that's involved in college sports and the amount of money that's being made off these students, yes, they should get – it's only right. Everyone else is getting a cut but the people who are out there generating this revenue. It is insane. Right. It is insane. Sanity, and like you said, when it comes, because like the thing is this, right? If if universities, which they'll probably end up doing anyway, um, from here on out, if they were just to make jerseys either with no number on it or the number zero on it or double zeros and sold those, and they were selling like hotcakes, mm-hmm. okay, so be it. But we know that ain't the case. We know that ain't the case, right? And and, and, and and we've been hit to this since the early 90s. That is not the case, you know. So, it's like, man, can you do something? Because you're making money off of them. <laughs> you're making money off of them. Let's, uh, yes. <laughs> Again, I mean, to the, to the mic go. I'm sorry, bro. I was just thinking when you mentioned earlier about people having an antiquated view. Think about, like, the Mike Gullis to the world, who, God bless him, he played at Notre Dame, what, the early 80s? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he and his, I think his brother played there, too. But, you know, yes, he did. back when yes, the brothers, that, the majority that, of them all played there, yeah. That's what I thought. And, like, now that there's now a lot of money in college football back then, the networks, con- oh. the instant the, the, the A controlled the revenue. So they, the schools were able to negotiate their own uh, television contract or the, the conferences that changed when, ironically, Notre Dame <laughs> I signed, enough, signed right? the contract away. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they got out the, the CFA in the in the 
was it the mid was it the late eighties or the early nineties? I forgot. Lou Holtz. Helped, I think it was like the late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that that through what? Schools and conferences, like conferences negotiating their own contracts, T V deals. Uh-huh. And there's so much money. I mean the SEC alone last year made not as SEC the the big the big ten made over fifty average over fifty million dollars per school. Yeah. Fifty million dollars on T V alone. Alone. And you're saying that and you're crying poor for these kids causes to eat not again, I'm not <laughs> we're not saying you and I are not saying give these kids contracts because no. that if that's the case, you're gonna have a whole title out nine issue because people argue well football basketball players should get paid more, blah blah blah. But it's all about just a likeness. You sell some shit of mine or shit that looks like mine, I gotta get a cut. That's just only mm-hmm. fair. And I don't understand why people make a big deal. You they can't cry poor like that when they're I mean, they well, essentially they they wouldn't be given students salaries, they're still gonna be making money. Yeah. So again, I d I don't understand why people think hold on to this oh this old amateurism bullshit. When amateurism went through the window a long time ago, when they got into bed with these television contracts. That is the thing with with this antiquated thought process is the fact that they want to grasp onto this amateurism thing. Okay, then, okay. You want to keep it amateurism? All right, fine. How about this? No more TV deals for for the conferences. Everybody's on on the Eden playing field. Everyone. I mean, you talk about Uh, 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 power fives to your D two schools. Yep. Everyone's on the on the even playing yep. field there. If we, if we want to stick to amateurism, if we really want to keep it even, let's just do that. How about we do that? Let's let's see how that works. You know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and, and people are like, whoa, whoa, I don't know about that. You know, it's it's always amateurism when it pertains to those that are playing, and not to those right. who are, are benefactors. Of those playing on the field, it's, it's it never does. It's crazy. It never does. It, and now coaches are usually the highest paid state employees. Yes, especially football. Yeah, basketball you can make coaches. money off their likeness. So, Why can't anybody else? Yeah, exactly. So hell, if if, if Nick Saban going to commercial make money for Aflac, why can't some of these kids do some even some things locally? and get money, but I, I mean sponsorships and shit like that. I would have a problem with that because again. You know, why not? It's capitalism. Exactly. You know, we, we've but, seen Coach K in commercials. We've seen Nick Saban in commercials. We, and, and matter of fact, it's not like Nick Saban doesn't even allude to his prowess of winning in these commercials. He's legit sitting in the athlete commercial on a recruiting visit. Yes. Yes, is recruiting yes. for insurance. But it's still in recruiting. <laughs> How right. dare you, dude? How, oh my God, it's funny to me. But yeah, yeah, that is that is legit. The whole thing is so yeah. Oh man, it's so funny. It ain't funny. I don't know. But 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 the, the yeah, funny thing again, is this though. Otherwise, more people saying boneheaded shit like this. But but uh, but yeah. but uh, go ahead. You but real quick. You make an point. My bad. Yeah, real yeah. quick. Real quick. The fact that California has already passed this, and then you have a couple of other states like New York, I Florida, think so, um, Florida, Florida, and and oh no, Florida's now on the list. 
Uh oh. Yeah, Floyd's in the mix. Floyd's in the mix. Man. Okay, because it it was it was to the point where only certain states were involved, and it was California first passed it. New York talked about being next, and then there was a couple of other states that didn't necessarily had Power Five. Well, outside of excuse me, outside of excuse me, California that didn't have mm-hmm. Power Five conferences within their state. Now the Florida is involved. Right. And see, that was the thing. I thought yeah. it would be an advantage to schools within that state to attract players to come play for them. But now that Florida is mm-hmm. involved, get ready because Alabama about to follow next, Texas about to follow yeah, next, exactly. Louisiana, Georgia, all them southern states. If it ain't in the mix now, yep. that's a recruiting advantage. It's a recruiting advantage coming. if they put their heads together. It's a recruiting exactly. advantage. It's a huge recruiting advantage. Exactly. Which is why I thought yeah. that colleges in California would jump on it instead yeah. of being bitching, instead of bitching about it. And it's a recruiting advantage. Yes. So we'll see. I mean, this is this is far from over. And no, it's not. Yes, like it is. Say, it's, man, it's far from being over. It's very yeah. far from over. So I'm. It's. It, I think it's going to be. It's going to be inevitable that most college, most states. At least those with Power Five programs will have a certain, a similar type of rule, of law signed in le, in, in the later in the legislators. Uh, I, I just it's it's a recruiting advantage, and so I don't think I, I don't you know you know I don't think like those schools in Florida, Georgia, Alabama want to see blue chip recruits being lost to California to go to Not California schools. So it's going to be – it's one of those things we're going to have to definitely check out. All right, I'm going to give you the last bit of time, man, because we keep, you, you discussed this on, on Twitter. I heard a lot about this, the drama regarding Howard University. You know, being like one – a piece of this A piece of this is Kalen Newton, Cam's younger brother, quarterback, formerly of Howard University, looking to transfer. And that's due to some mess that you, you mentioned online about and you teased it to me via text. So break it down to the rest of the listeners and give you the rest of the time. But be quick but don't hurry. <laughs> but but break <laughs> but break down what's what's going on at Howard and the drama surrounding it. Okay. Now yeah, I'm gonna try to make this as quick as possible. So two weeks ago it was announced, uh, right before their home game against uh, Bethune Cookman. Actually, the first mm-hmm. uh, conference game uh, that Kalen right. Newton would not only just sit out of the game, but he was potentially looking to transfer from the university. And there were questions oh. on why that was the case. Um, oddly enough, while I was at said game, um, someone who was close to uh, the situation informed me that there was a situation going on within the program where head coach Ron Price, well, Ron Prince, I'm sorry, uh, for those of you who, mm-hmm. who say, hey, that name sounds familiar, yes, Ron Prince used to be um, an assistant in various places, Michigan, uh, University of Virginia, um, but he was also the head coach at Kansas State from 2008 to 2000, or 2000 oh, that's to 2008. Yes, that is the All same right, guy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was reported or it was informed to me that the, the, the coach has had or is having a very toxic relationship with players and coaches alike. So much so mm. that that was the reason why 
Kalen was looking to leave. And that the quarterback coach, um, Tim Merchant, had left the program because of how toxic it was. Now, I bring up Ken Merchant not only because he was a coach that left. That ain't sensible. Well, he's just he's a quarterback coach. He's a young guy. Um, doesn't necessarily have mm-hmm. a huge um, uh, uh, okay. uh, resume. But, you know, he's a younger guy. You know, okay. He's been there. Well, he was hired last year um, as an assistant under Mike London at Howard and worked closely with Kalen and actually had a relationship with mm-hmm. Kalen and was a carryover when Prince came in. And he was named the quarterback's coach, of course, because of his knowledge of the offense and his relationship with uh, Newton. So when Merchant left, it was alleged that that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Newton, and that was the reason why he decided that he was looking to leave. Now, that following Mm -hmm. Tuesday, not only did Newton announce that he will be transferring from Howard, but there were three other players as well that made the same announcement via social media. At that point in time, it really became a head-scratcher that four guys are announcing that they're transferring from the university at the same time. Huh. Mm. Okay. So with that, along with some research that I did about um, Ron Prince, especially as it pertains to his time at uh, Kansas State, it, 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 it just was shown to me that Prince, and his toxic coaching style is something that is not new. And in a podcast, mm-hmm. um, let me see if I can find the name of the podcast real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, I, I cannot uh, find it. But, yeah, within the podcast, uh, a couple of former players were interviewed, and um, they said that Prince had been known to uh, blackball players and that players and coaches alike were afraid for their livelihood while at Kansas State. It was so toxic there mm. that um, some interesting names who used to coach under Prince left after one year. Do these names sound familiar to you? James Franklin. Okay. Do you yes. know the name James Franklin? Yes, I do. Can yes, you tell them who James Franklin is, for those that don't know? He is now the head coach, former head coach of Vanderbilt, now head coach of Penn State, and very successful. Yes. At both okay. Stops. What about this guy here, Raheem Morris? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, he's coached the NFL for a little while, right? Coached the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes. And still is. He is the assistant head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And what about this name, Scott Frost? Now, former head coach of UCF, now at Nebraska. He had a yes. hell of a staff. Yes, he did. And according to one of his players, he said uh, the coaching staff that they referred to um, was the single greatest one-year coaching staff you could ever possibly put together under Prince. And they all and Prince left fucked that up. After <laughs> one year, they left. Wow. Yes. So these players wow. talked about mass exoduses of players and coaches under Prince at K-State. Combine that with his losing. That's the reason why he was – well, the losing is the thing that they point to for why he was out the door. But there were a lot of allegations of how bad he treated players at K-State, which led to the, 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 the things that were told to me 
as well as letters being written to HBCU game day, um, uh, another sports outlet that's, that covers HBCU sports, as well as mm-hmm. the university president and its athletic director. And now an investigation is going on right now, attempting to figure out what's going on with Rob Prince. And, and as of this past Friday, um, Kayla Newton did an interview with uh, the undefeated, which, of course, is their I, – I, I don't want to say it's their – yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's their black arm, mm-hmm. if you will. They, they cover black culture, black sports under ESPN. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the black and, version and, and, of uh, Grantland. Exactly. Grantland was around. And, and yeah. in that interview, he basically said that he, he's looking to, he wants to transfer and go to a winner. And oddly enough, he doesn't refer to Prince in the interview at all. Now, congratulations to wow. him. He graduates in May, so he gets his degree in three years but he will have two mm-hmm. years of eligibility left. And the, the odd thing is, reports have come to me that there were several players that left earlier in the, in the year before the season even started. So not only was it just those four, the number has, 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 has ranged somewhere between 12 to 30 players that have left mm. as once Prince got in there. Wow. So, that makes you yes, what you want to, not the players. <laughs> see, that's the thing, because when it was originally reported, a lot of people just said, oh, these young kids, they just saw. Okay, maybe so. But the thing is, if, 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 you, if a, a, a player, let alone coaches, feel as though that you're being abusive mm-hmm. to them, you know, maybe you need to change the style of bruh. That's First and foremost, if anything, Ron Prince is an educator. That's what coaches are. Coaches are educators. Right. You know, especially on the high school and collegiate levels. They're educators. You have right. to be, as a teacher, not just a leader, but as a teacher, you have to be able to change your teaching style to adapt to those that you're educating. And for whatever reason, right. it doesn't seem as though that he is capable of doing so. And it just got to a point that this young man in Kingman Newton, who to me said he wants to transfer to a winner, but oddly enough chose to go to Howard. I'll let you carry what undertones you want to take from that statement, if you will. But still, he Mm -hmm. decided he wanted to go to Howard. He wanted to play at Howard, and now he want to go? Now you want to go to a winner? Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it it, it leads me to think that it's not the the, the program. It's, It's something that was added in that program that made him want to leave. Right. So, so let me just ask you this. How do you mm-hmm. see the whole situation resolving? Does Prince get his ass fired by season's end? Or what do you think Howard's going to do from um, what you're hearing? There's going to be a lot of pressure. Well, actually, I know that there's a lot of pressure coming from parents and alumni um, alike. As a matter of fact, like I said, homecoming is this weekend. So I am intrigued yep. to see what's going to happen because there hasn't been an announcement as of yet or whether or not, um, as far as I know of, that, that Prince has been relieved of his duties. Um, so if, if he runs out on the field, I am going to be intrigued to see what his reaction is going to be. And like I said, mm-hmm. if he is not released by the end of the season, I expect to I expect it to be a huge kickback from 
uh, the university, not university, but the alums, and from uh, families and, players, uh, and from players alike. Alums are donors. I mean, his, yeah. Yes, yeah, his guys will stay, but those who who, who aren't his guys, it, it, we'll see whether or not they'll be able to tough it out. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, over the next few. Actually, I'm going to go into the next few weeks. Because if, if he makes it to the end of the season, the way that this team is looking, don't get me wrong. The the the, uh, the young quarterback that they have out of the D.C. area, his name is Quentin Williams. He is a true freshman. Yep. Now, they got beat by, by Harvard 62-17. Yes, I said that right. 62-17 this past weekend. But Williams still yeah. looked good in these last two losses in which he started. The thing is, will they be able to keep pace within the conference, and, and compete. I don't know. They got Norfolk State coming in. If if Cam, if Cam, I'm going to call him Cam. If Kalen was playing, I think they would beat Norfolk. I don't know now because of this young guy they got coming in and also because of his coaching style and also another player that has not been playing as well who is considered to be the best wide receiver that they have, Jacquez Ezzard. He hasn't played all season long. In the beginning of the season, it was reported that it was the injury. I checked with the uh, sports information director last week before the Bethune game. He told me he's just sitting out. So I don't know if that mm. is a protest to the coach or not, too, because if he doesn't play four games this year, he also keeps an extra year of eligibility as well. So yep. take that for whatever it's worth, too. Wow. Wow, drama at the at one the HUs. It's just crazy. But uh, thank you for keeping your eye on this man and keep keep be pleased to be posted because this is going to get very interesting going forward. Y'all, please check out the HBCU sports. It's really, really, really intriguing stuff. Really intriguing yes, stuff, man. Enough, real quick, this actually goes back to the whole thing I was saying about the story with uh, uh, Jamel Hill and, and her article about bringing in top-notch athletes to HBCUs, this is one of the ways that yep. you keep them there, by having coaches that know how to treat players. If you don't do that, know this the is exactly doing. what happens. You end up having what I consider, or who I consider to be, the face of HBCU football. He may not be the best player, but he is the face, mm-hmm. potentially leaving HBCU football altogether. Exactly. Good, good. Well said, man. Well said. Hey, thanks a lot for joining me again. Let's just do it a little soon, man. Let's do it next week. No diggity, no doubt. No doubt, indeed. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on you all So, HBCU Sports, the rest of all things HBCU Sports. So, you can see more reports such as the one he talked about with Howard University drama right now. As well as Steve Israel every Tuesday night, Facebook Live. Thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. It's Scott Burks, the clown. Sign out.